This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. You're listening to TGI Sports Talk with your host, Keith Angle, on Northeast Streaming Sports. everybody keith angle for tgi sports talk how are you today what a beautiful sunday here in upstate new york a little chilly this morning but another beautiful day we had a great day yesterday did a little golfing first time out and it was a bit ugly and also i'm a bit sore today but we had some fun hope you guys are having a great weekend we're uh, live on Facebook, we're live on Twitter, we're live on YouTube. We'll also be on Roku at noontime with this show. Uh, and all your podcast options, obviously, uh, audio podcast, uh, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anything you can think of will be there. Um, we'll have uh, Jim Beringer on uh, in a few minutes to talk about uh, his latest uh, power rankings in the NHL, the, the upcoming NHL playoffs. We'll look at the matchups, get his predictions, see what else is on his mind today. Look at his top storylines uh, for them. You can also look for those articles, his new articles from uh, full press hockey. Uh, and also uh, the last word on hockey. Uh, I think I shared their show uh, the other night on the TGI sports talk page, as well as the articles from, full press uh, hockey. We'll also get into the NFL draft. We'll look at some gradings, uh, some real head scratchers, but some really good efforts by the Jets and and uh, and and definitely the Giants, the Ravens, the Chiefs with a good with a good draft, I think. The Georgia Bulldogs with a great draft. And uh, we'll talk some about the winners and losers and and do some grading of each team and then we'll look at the We'll get our look around Major League Baseball and kind of look at some of the April takeaways. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, we will not be joined by Mark Mancini this morning, so uh, we won't have him on. Let's see who we got here. Let's uh, get some good mornings in before we get started. Good morning, Alan. How are you today? Alan all over the, the draft. Not crazy about your Cowboys draft, Alan, but we'll be jumping into that for sure. Good morning, Rick Sherlock. How are you today? Great to have you. I know you, uh, you'll you always, you're always excited to have uh, Alan coming on. We'll be talking about the Yankees. Uh, whoops, Alan, what do you got here? It's an eight-game win streak, by the way, Alan. Uh, listen, they're playing good baseball. They're getting good pitching. Garrett Cole was, a, was awesome last night. I um, mean, he has been his last two starts out. All the pitchers have pitched well. Uh, Talian has, has been a bit, you know, erratic in that going, especially not going deep in the games. And that could be a problem at some point, but they're doing well. Judge is hitting well. Uh, Rizzo's hitting well. Uh, Kiner Falafa is playing really good at shortstop, making the plays that need to be made, which is really important. And uh, we'll jump into that uh, also today. I, I, there's some keys to what the Yankees have done here. Uh, obviously, my predictions were not for them to do very well this year. And and it's early. It's only you guys seeing me. There we go. 
I don't know if my audio goes when I get that little, I'm going to have a little hiccup in the internet this morning. So if that happens a few times, I apologize. So anyway, that's where I stand there uh, with the Yankees. Lots to talk about there. Look at that pitching staff has been really, really good, um, especially lately. And they're getting deeper into games, which is important because you can't be blowing out. Um, uh, I'm sorry, you can't be blowing out your bullpen, you know. a third of the way through the season. It is. All right. I changed my resolution a little bit. Let's see if that helps a little bit. Uh, sometimes the higher resolution causes an issue. So if you don't, if you see me pop out, I'll be right back. So I'm not sure what's going on this morning. Let me just check uh, one thing. Yeah, I guess we're on the right connection. So anyway, lots to talk about. I'm sure Rick is happy. Uh, I don't know whether he's crazy about the Vikings draft or not. Uh, with Rick here, uh, quickly, we'll we'll talk about that for a second as we wait for uh, Jim Beringer to pop in. Um, the Vikings traded out of their spot where I thought they'd take uh, Kyle Hamilton myself, I think at 12, traded all the way back to 32, but still come away with a really good safety and one from Georgia, which has got to make Rick very happy, I'm sure. Good morning, Carlos. The Mad New Yorkers in the house this morning. Good to have you with us, Carlos. Hope all's well there in Tennessee. Titans with an interesting draft, obviously. Um, you know, coming away with uh, who'd they come away with? Did they come away? They came away with Malik Willis uh, later on, but I think overall they they're they're weaker than they when they went into the draft and. And uh, Carlos is back in New York City. So we'll call him a Jet fan today instead of a Tennessee fan. I'm not sure, you know, too many teams we're rooting for here, you know, Carlos. We can't be rooting for the Jets and the Giants and the Titans. I mean, that's just me. I root for one team. I got one baseball team. I got one football team. I got one basketball team. Don't be that. I root for stories otherwise, so. Hockey coming up. Listen, let's jump into the hockey real quick since we'll get warmed up for uh, for uh, Jim Jim Beringer to come in. We finished the regular season, I believe. The hockey uh, the playoffs start today. We got some interesting matchups in in the East with the the Panthers facing off against the Capitals. Uh, you got the Maple Leafs in Tampa Bay. Maple Leafs had a good season, but now they get the defending champions who have righted the ship a little bit. And uh, I'll get to your comment in a second, Rick. Right to ship a little bit. Uh, the Hurricanes against Boston. And a really good matchup in the first round, Rangers and Penguins. Rangers have dropped a little bit in uh, Jim's power rankings. And we'll take a look at that quickly. Out West, uh, the Avalanche will play the Predators. The uh, Wilds will play the Blues. Interesting series. Blues have been playing really well lately. The Flames, who have been red hot. Dallas against Dallas and Edmonton against the Kings. And Vegas, out of the playoffs. Winnipeg, out of the playoffs. What do you got here, Rick? Good, not great draft. Time will tell. Well, time always tells. This is the problem. Yeah, I got the dogs as one of the big winners of this draft, by the way, with 15 uh, 
um, draft picks going. And I think the, the, the Bama team of 2017 only had 11, if I remember. And uh, the losing A.J. Brown did – look, at that hurts. The, 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 the contracts these wide receivers are going for, by the way, is, are just outrageous now. And it's, you're going to see, you know, a bubble burst. And it started probably with – well, I don't know if it started there, but Jacksonville certainly at least kept the ball rolling if they didn't start the ball rolling with the, with the uh, signing of Kirk. And now you've got Hill and now you got Brown. And this will be a continuing trend as we go through this, I'm sure. Rangers and Pittsburgh. I think it's a great matchup. Uh, this we'll get, and we'll certainly jump into that with uh, Jim Baringer. And I think we'll get a little bit of Jim's thoughts on the NFL draft as well. Because Jim, listen, we bring Jim in as our hockey expert, right? But Jim's really well versed in in uh, in uh, the sports world in general. We have him on our college uh, sports huddle show. We have him. Uh, we we will talk to him from time to time on Sundays about other things. So. The Titans boosted depth. That's, look, at I get that, um, Carlos. So we'll jump through some of the teams. We'll go team by team, and we'll concentrate more on the guy, the teams that you guys are interested in once we get to that. That'll be our second segment today. We'll get into that after. You know, I got to tell you, uh, Alan, this is uh, – if he was picked in the fourth round, I would have said he's a really solid pick. For him to go second – when almost every projection of him was about a hundred picks later, this is another reach. And there was better players available at that point. Now I don't pretend to know every thought that's going on in these draft rooms and, you know, far be it for me to, to um, question, you know, the greatest coach of all time. Um, but this has been an interesting draft for the Patriots. If some other coach had made, had had this pick, I'm sorry, these picks in total, they'd immediately be on the hot seat most likely. This is an interesting, and it could turn out to be very, very good. You know, the strong pick, look it, I don't have a problem with it. I have more problem with where he was picked. <laughs> Bailey Zapp. He set some records at Western Kentucky. A little shocked about a fourth-round selection there, though. Look, at the Patriots could use a backup quarterback, but... In the fourth round? No, they wouldn't have got him later. Well, they might have got him later. It's shocking to me that he goes before Sam Howell, who I think went in the fifth round, if I'm not wrong, mistaken to the Red uh, the Redskins. <laughs> Number one. Uh, so it'll be interesting. We'll go through all of these. And you guys, we can comment on this until Jim comes in for sure. I mean, there's going to be a lot to talk about. And I do want to get in. And if we don't get to Major League Baseball, Except to finish up the show, uh, you know, near the end, that's fine. I want to spend some time on this draft because, you know, next week it's not news anymore. We'll be on to something else. Pick one in round five. That's what I thought. Um, by the way, a lot of these guys, a lot of these quarterbacks who fell, Corral, um, Ritter in a way, I think, uh, Willis, Howell, they end up in pretty good spots, I think. How, you know, look at Carson Wentz, Wentz is not the long-term solution in, in, in uh, Washington. And if he gets hurt, you might see how, I know they got some other guys, but you may see him. Uh, Kenny and I spent a little time with Mac and Jack and the doctor yesterday. They have a good show on, uh, on uh, Saturdays. Uh, 
Dr. Jack is really, really uh, smart when it comes to the Yankees, man. I think I know a lot of stuff. This guy knows Yankee history like nobody. Glad you went because you found yourself agreeing with Jack some. <laughs> it's funny. I don't often agree with Jack, but Jack uh, actually, and Jack actually said on our draft show Thursday night that um, after, after, uh, Malik Willis didn't get picked in the first round and he wouldn't get picked in the second round, which I, I, which I did not think would happen. Um, but it did. He, he had it dead on, dead on. So good job by Jack there. And with no further ado, I, I had mentioned before, we'll, we'll get our first segment going here with NHL hockey and talk to uh, Jim Beringer from again, from uh, full press hockey and, the last word on hockey and the mad, mad, mad radio network. And I do share those links. Uh, I sometimes forget to share the show. So I'm glad uh, Jim sent me the link last night while I happened to be sitting right at the, well, I had it on my phone. Um, but I'm, I, I love to share the show because there's a lot of good insight there. And then we kind of get a recap of that today. So let's bring in without further ado, Jim Beringer. Good morning, Jim, our NHL, our man all over the NHL. Jim Beringer, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Uh, appreciate the introduction. No worries. And I just happened to notice this morning, too, on, on your full press hockey uh, profile photo, you don't wear a hat. Uh, You're known for your hat. No I hat. didn't. No, no, no. That was because that was a radio spot. I had to do TV that day. Ah. So that was, uh, that, was, that was years ago when I called uh, Eastern Hockey League games. So, yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know I hadn't noticed it before and I just stood out to me. Right. So, so a lot of things obviously exciting time in, in the NHL um we can we can touch quickly on your power rankings I know there weren't a ton of huge nah. changes Carolina moved up Rangers moved down um I don't know is there anything there you really want to touch on uh, that that that's important uh before we dive into what's really important with the NHL playoffs kicking off I think today right uh, tomorrow, there's a, a there's a uh, there's a meaningless game on the schedule today. Uh, Seattle plays Winnipeg just because they had to make the game up. It's not like you know every team has to play 82 games. The same issue happened last year when Calgary and Vancouver. Or no, it was Ottawa and Vancouver played like five games while the the playoffs were going on. It was so stupid. Um, this game, this uh, this game could be uh, this game could have been made up a long time ago. Uh, or it could just not have been played. I mean, yeah. you could have had a team play 81 games. It, it's know, not a big deal. Major um, League Baseball's done this before. When you when the season's done and there's a meaningless game, they've just skipped it in the past. Yeah, just skip it. There's no reason to play. It's hot, but the issue is it's hockey-related revenue, all this stuff. So whatever. I guess um, it's basically the 16 teams. I mean, I it came out a uh, it came out a little bit later than normal because normally they come out Wednesday. But with Dallas finally wrapping up a playoff spot Wednesday night, uh, I was able to po uh, post them on Thursday because, uh, yeah, Dallas had to do things the hard way um, and Vegas doesn't get in. And I think that's a, that's a place to begin before we get into the no, playoffs. That's where, where I wanted to start. So very good. What Talk to us a little bit about that situation. Yeah, so to me, I think with Vegas, the Golden Knights, they missed the playoffs this year. It's the first time in franchise history they haven't been in the league that long. But they've what I've noticed from them since they made that cup final appearance is they've been trending downward. And, you know, yeah, 
you know, the, their goal scoring has run dry at certain times. And it's come in crucial times. Last year against the Canadians, the conference final. A year before that against Vancouver and Dallas. Um, and it just, it seems like their power play, um, it's, it seems like their power play went away. And that's a big concern for this team who continuously wants, you know, there's like this new culture there. We got to win now. We got to win now. But you're an expansion team. You're not supposed to win now. Right. You're supposed to go through the growing pains. And I think they're starting to go through those expansion growing pains because they, they acquired everybody, but now they got to let people go. And they lost the heart and soul of their team in flurry. They're right. going to lose some other guys. Alex Tuck was a great piece. You know, what made them special in 18 was this us against this world mentality that we're going to prove everybody wrong. Granted, they had a little bit of help. But you still had Gerard Gallant there. I still don't know why they fired the guy. I mean, look what he's done with the Rangers. Like, I don't get it. This guy, all this guy does is win. I'm not really sold on Pete DeBoer. Now this is two years in a row that he's throwing goaltenders under the bus. So I got to wonder if there's a lot of changes coming. Maybe not the general manager, but I got to wonder if the coach is going to go. And they're going to have to reevaluate how they do because they're going to have to start developing young players now. I mean, they just can't go out and get everybody because they have salary cap problems. Yes. Yes, I understand injuries play a factor. I get it. But they had winnable games down the stretch with this roster that was coming back. You can't – no offense to the Devils. You can't lose to the Devils like that. Robin Leonard giving up bad goals. Yes, he's playing hurt. I get it. But you had winnable games. And I go back to the Dallas game on Tuesday night because I watched it because it was a big game. With 30 seconds left, okay, maybe you don't want to pull the goalie in overtime. But with 12 seconds left in a faceoff – in Dallas zone, why aren't you pulling the goaltender? Dallas isn't shooting for the empty net. Right. They're going to just want the point to, to inch closer to the playoffs. They had a chance to, you know, tr- be aggressive and try to make the playoffs there, and they didn't do it. And, again, 0 for 17 in the shootout doesn't help. But they have to really evaluate what, what this team is going forward because there's going to be a lot of changes next year. Yeah, there'll probably be a lot of changes throughout the league, and we'll touch on that. I want to touch on one one piece of that uh, before we uh, let you go today, but we're going to have a lot of time to talk about that once we get through this. Well, probably even during this playoff season, there'll be some changes that come, I'm sure. Let's let's jump headlong into these matchups, and and you can give me kind of your synopsis and and the storylines you think that are going to come out of this. I know you had an article that we posted yesterday about your top five storylines, and I guess you can throw those in as we go through the matchups here. Um, let's start uh, start in the uh, uh, in the Atlantic Division where the Florida Panthers, who are red hot, their winning streak did come to an end, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Probably heading into the playoffs, it's not always a great thing to head in with that big long winning streak. Uh, but they'll match up against the number four. They're the number one seed here in the in the East um, against the uh, number four Washington Capitals. What are your thoughts on this uh, matchup? Yeah, so they, they'll match up with the uh, quote-unquote eight seed in, in the East, uh, the Washington Capitals. I, to me, I think this is Florida's chance to finally win a playoff series. I mean, this is a big storyline heading into the to the playoffs is they haven't won a playoff series or first round since 1996 when they went to the Stanley Cup final. Um, this is a good opportunity for them. Their power play starting to click. Reinhardt. Uh, Duclair, like he, Duclair's been an afterthought, and he scored 30-plus. I mean, you got Huberto, you got – so many guys, Bennett. This team up top to bottom is really good. Good goaltending and Bobrovsky. This is a this is a make or break playoffs too for Bobrovsky. I think, you know, to really show that he's worth the money that they paid him. This is why they brought him in because you got Spencer Knight right there. 
Um, I think they have to stick with a guy because last year they were flip-flopping because Bobrovsky didn't play well, this and that. So um, I personally think that, you know, this is Florida's series to lose. Do I do I think Washington can pull an upset here? If they get good goaltending from Vanacek, yes. But, you know, Washington's older. Um, this could be their final run together. Uh, you know, there's just not there's a lot of factors. I know – Washington's been there before. They've been up against the wall, and they've, they've been able to pull it out and able to start on the road. But this is just a tough series, especially the way the Panthers are playing. Uh, I really can't see an upset here because especially with Ekblad uh, entering the lineup again, if they if they can stay healthy, this is Florida's series to lose. And uh, as you said, it'll be good to get that monkey off their back. That sometimes can weigh these teams down. So that's about the only thing I can say that would maybe uh, get in their way of winning this series. Uh, the, the, the second matchup here in the Atlantic, kind of the similar situation with the t- uh, Toronto Maple Leafs against the number three Tampa Bay Lightning, the defending champions who were swooning a little bit but have really kind of got it together here in the last 10 days or so. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Everybody said they were tired. They looked old. They just looked. Everybody looked tired. Vasilevsky overplayed. Everybody said they played too much hockey. What do they do? They just come out, beat the Panthers, score eight on the Panthers, eight on Toronto, light up everybody, show that they're still the defending Stanley Cup champions. And I don't care if Toronto's the home team. Tampa Bay is favored in this series. Uh, they have to be. They're the two-time defending champs. They've been there before. Kucherov point, Stamkos. Stamkos is having an unbelievable year. Um, this team, to me, has a legit shot to three-peat. I mean, there's no reason why this team can't three-peat. Um, top to bottom, this roster is awesome. You have a four-headed monster on the back end. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the world. Prove me wrong because he is. Um, and Toronto hasn't done it. I mean, there is so much pressure on this Maple Leafs team now. Matthew scored 60 goals. It's great. He needs to show up in game one. He The last couple of years, he's waited to game three to score a goal. He can't do that anymore. The, Mitch Marner has to step up. John Tavares has to step up there. You know, yes, Jack Campbell didn't play great last year in the playoffs. He started off really well. But a lot of the a lot of that he, he should have been taking went on to Marner because Marner did not have a goal in seven games against Canadians. That has to change. They seem to have a better roster construction. They seem to have more depth. Forward-wise, their defense is better. Muzzin's got to stay healthy. But Tampa has been there before. And I think if Toronto can get past this series, they will. there's a good possibility that they could make a deep run. But they have to get by Tampa Bay again. And there's going to be a lot of questions raised if they can't do it. And what about are you predicting the defending champions to win this series? Or uh, no? I have I have Tampa winning this series okay. because I I just think I think they've been there before, and until somebody knocks them off, they they right. they have a I personally I you know there's two matchups and I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but there's two matchups everybody wants to see in the second round. It's Battle of Florida and it's the Battle of Alberta. Uh, those are the two matchups they want everybody wants to see. Yeah. I'm sure uh, the NHL and TV partners want to see that type of thing too, because those type of rivalries are the thing that drive ratings. And and uh, I'm sure they're happy to see that. I'm sure there's some in the Metropolitan Division they want to see as well, which we'll get to here in a second or right now, actually. Uh, the number one seed there is the Carolina Hurricanes. They'll be playing the Boston Bruins, who, who in my mind have been kind of 
up and down this year, but I mean, they finished with obviously with the fourth seed here um, to get in the, the, the playoffs, but I like Carolina a lot here. I'm not sure the Bruins are going to be able to keep it together for seven games to, to knock them off. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, it's a tough series for Boston for sure. I mean, Carolina's put a thumping on them during the regular season. Uh, the first game was close. The other two games were not close at all. Um, Carolina's got too much depth. Rob Brendan Moore and this team, a lot of expectations. But, however, you look at – and I know you can throw history out the books and, and all this stuff in regards to playoffs, but Boston beat Carolina uh, the last two times they meet, met in the playoffs. One was in the conference final in 19 – Carolina, that was the, the weird year where, like, a team that got would sweep the, the previous round got swept the next round. So it was kind, that was kind of a weird year. And then in the bubble playoff, they beat them in five games. I think this is Carolina's time because now they have home ice advantage to start. That place is tough to play in the playoffs. Uh, it can get wild. It can get crazy. Shmetchnikov, um, Teravine, and Ajo on the back end, D'Angelo. They just have so much good. The only question mark for the Carolina Hurricanes will be if Frederick Anderson is ready to go. I mean, anti-Rantas look good. Um, are they going to rely on the young check to be between the pipes? It's It's been done before. Um, Cam Moore back in 06 was the rookie, and he took him to the promised land. So we'll see here. But, you know, Boston has been clicking on cylinders right now. I think this will be a longer series than people think. It might be even a tougher one than, than people think, but I think the Hurricanes come out of this one. Excellent. And moving on to one of great local interests here, obviously, the number two Rangers and the number three Pittsburgh Penguins. And both teams have been kind of, you know, middling here the last the last 10 games or so. Uh, the Rangers had a shot at, at the at the first seed here, but didn't have enough to, to, to finish the season out and get there. What are your thoughts here on this series and uh, the Rangers chances with where uh, we certainly we certainly want to see the Rangers do well here in uh, in upstate New York. We got a lot of Ranger fans. I know that. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, I think this is most one of the more comp- you know easier series to pick. I think the Rangers are favorite. Well, actually, I looked at a sports book. I don't know how Pittsburgh is favored, but in a sports book over the Rangers, considering what they did in the regular season three right. one against this team, right. I I have the Rangers favored in this series. I understand like the the factors. Yeah, it's just Dirk and the Rangers haven't been here before, but you know what? To me, Pittsburgh's goaltending is a big question mark. I even said it even with Jari healthy. I'm not sure that he's good enough to do it. The Pittsburgh Penguins have flamed out the last couple of years in the playoffs. They, uh, yeah, it's the it was against the Islanders, I granted, but they just didn't show any fight, especially and you know Malkin didn't show up. He wasn't there. Uh, he gets himself in penalty trouble. You know, this is their last hurrah. I mean, that's one of the storylines I talked about. Is this right. the Penguins' last hurrah? Because the, the, even Sid has talked about it. They don't know if Rust is coming back. Latang, Malkin, they don't know if all these guys are coming back. And the goaltending, I'm not sold on Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith to win set four games over Igor Shesterkin, who's going to win the Vezina Trophy. I'm really not. I think the Rangers are a complete team, top to bottom, with the additions of Vetrano and Cop and all those guys. Gallant can has a great second line, a great first line now. And that the back end is so solid. Um, I just think this is a Rangers series to win. And I think they can win it. You know, I, I would say five or six games. They can win this series because I, I'm just not sold on Pittsburgh this year at all. 
Well, moving to the West, we're looking at the Colorado Avalanche, which I know is another one of your storylines here uh, as these playoffs start against the number four Nashville Predators. What are your thoughts here? Uh, yeah, this should be a good series. Um, I, I like it. Uh, it should be, you know, it's interesting because, you know, to me, Nashville, I'm not really sold on Nashville too much. Their goaltending, you see Sorrows hurt. So I'm not really too sold on them. Um, yeah, they have Forsberg and Duchesne and all that stuff, but Colorado is really good, and they're the best team in in the Western Conference, top to bottom. It should be. It's really it should be a fun series, to be honest. Um, uh, I'm not really that big in the Nashville Predators. I know I have a couple of friends mm-hmm. that work there, but at, this is Colorado series. They should dominate. I mean, the only question mark for me is Darcy, Darcy Kemper. Good call. And then they got the Minnesota Wild against the St. Louis Blues, who played really well the second half of the season or last third of the season. Uh, this will be a good matchup, I think, as well in the first round. Yeah, this should be a great series. Um, you know, this is probably one of the most favorite series I'm looking forward to heading into the playoffs. This is going to be a physical. This is going to be nasty uh, rivalry series. Uh, the Blues are the better team. It doesn't matter. They don't have home ice advantage. Uh, the Blues are the better team. They beat them in the in the regular season series, and <clears throat> I just like them top to bottom. I mean, look, you, you got Kaprizov and, and Fiala and Zuccarello who've done it for Minnesota. Obviously, Minnesota has question marks in regards to whether or not they're going to play Flurry or they're going to play Talbot. Personally, I would go with the proven guy in between the pipes, especially against a team like St. Louis. And St. Louis says that, you know, look, Robert Thomas has had a great year. Kairos had a great year. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko has had a great year. You know, they have a, they've constructed a team that plays four-line hockey, great defensively on the back end with Krug and Falk, who's so solid between the pipes. If he's not good, then there's Bennington. This team reminds me of the 19 Blues that won the whole thing. They have a legit shot to do it again. Um, but it's going to be a physical series in Minnesota. I see this one going the distance. And who is your pick here? I take St. Louis. St. Louis. This team reminds you a little bit of, of the uh, championship team from a few years ago. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That team because of the way they're just constructed, four yeah. line hockey, heavy, physical. They just come after you, come after you, and they they have depth scoring which you need in the playoffs. You just can't rely on one line. Yeah, and they carried some good momentum into the playoffs, so I think this is uh, that bodes well for them as well. Exactly. Uh, moving on to the next the series out in the Pacific Division, the number one Calgary Flames. Uh, one of the teams you mentioned before about the uh, Alberta uh, matchups against the uh, number four Dallas Stars. This would seem like a no-brainer to me, but what are your thoughts on this? Uh... I'm going to take Calgary. I think in the bubble, Dallas just got hot, and they and they took out the Flames. The Flames are playing at home. The Saddle Dome's going to be rocking. There's Daryl Sutter's now the head coach. This Flames team has been playing playoff hockey since, I don't know, since January under Daryl, maybe the whole year you could say this, the way he's got these guys playing. And Daryl's been adju- been able to adjust his his style to the new NHL. The addition of Tafoli's been excellent. They just have another complete team, four lines, good depth scoring, uh, good back end. And when you have Jacob Markstrom between the pipes, it's going to be solid. Look, to me, Dallas, when you have 60% of your offense coming from one line, that's not good. Um, Jason Robertson, Rupe Hintz, and Joe Pavelski carry the offense for the Dallas Stars. If you can shut that line down, 
and you make everybody else beat you, that, that's a winning formula because the games I've watched Dallas this year, they just, you know, if those guys don't score outside of the last game, but they, you know, they beat up a bad team. But other than the last game, they really haven't had too much depth scoring. And I like I like the way um, Calgary's playing coming in. I'm just not sold on Dallas this year, yeah. even with Andre uh, between the pipes. You just can't have one. You can't rely on one line, and that's the issue that we saw with Colorado for years. They didn't have one line, and now they have multiple guys, and I think this is Colorado's time going back to the previous series. If they don't do it now, I don't know when they're going to do it, and the questions are just going to be raised like that they were about Tampa. Yeah, and I like Calgary myself in here in this match. And the last matchup, which also I think touches on, I think, your last storyline, but we can talk about that if, if we get through here if we missed anything. The Edmonton Oilers against the number three, the number two Oilers against number three, Los Angeles Kings. This is I, I'm going to go against the fact that we're going to get that Alberta matchup. I like the Kings in this series myself. What are your thoughts? You know, the Kings, the Kings are a difficult team to play against because, you know, you have Kopitar and you have the know down the middle, and those two guys can play good strut down hockey. And you got to be able to, you know, make David dry side all these guys haven't been to a second round since I believe 16 17. You know, they've had a couple of first round flops. It hasn't been great there, and all the offense goes through those guys. However, now Evander Kane's decided that he's going to play some hockey too. Zach Hyman's there. Right. You have depth scoring. Defense. The only issue for me for Edmonton is their goaltending because Jonathan Quick's on the other end or Cal Peterson. You know, if Deneau is going to be like Deneau from the last year with Montreal against Toronto when he shut down everybody and just say, go play defense, he can do that and the Oilers are going to have problems. But yeah. The issue is for the Kings is they got to stay out of the penalty box because the Oilers' power play is really, really good. Um, and that's where McDavid and Dreisaitl go to work. Um, but for me, the Oilers question mark and goaltending, can Mike Smith stay healthy? I feel like this is his last swan song. Their defense isn't there, but you know what? It's been a while since these two teams have matched up in the playoffs, I think 30 years. Um, so it's going to be an interesting one. I would favor the Oilers just slightly, but I would not be shocked if the Kings win this series. Excellent. You know, we all know that in years past, uh, really – a goalie getting really hot this time of year can carry a team a long ways. Uh, even some of the teams that may be inferior to some others, a really hot goalie can can make the difference. If there was one team that we don't give much of a chance that, that might get a hot goalie here, is there a team that you can kind of single out that we should watch for? I mean, you know, all the favorites have real good goaltenders. Right. I mean, I think the team nobody's really talking about is Carolina. I think, you know, everybody's talking about everybody else but Carolina. And I think Carolina has, has a chance to go on that run. I mean, Minnesota's not getting a lot of love because of who they're playing against. Um, but, you know, if Flurry can turn back the clocks, then he's going to be yeah. – that team could go on a run. Um, you know, Edmonton's playing well, but, you know, it – it's again, it's all about matchups. Um, you know, like I said, Dallas beat Calgary in the bubble playoff. I'm not going to hold a, a lot of stock in that. I mean, it was the bubble. Um, Calgary has fans now, so and I think they're the better team. Uh, I don't really see Dallas making that run again. I, I just don't. 
Are you willing to give us a, a finals uh, pick at this point, or you want to wait? You, I'll know. wait. I'll wait. Uh, a lot, lot can change here so fast, right? I mean, it's so wide open this year. I see the East as being stronger overall, uh, deep in teams. But I, what are your thoughts there? I mean, you know, these are the best 16 teams in the playoffs. I mean, 13 yeah. out of 16 have over 100 points this year, eight alone in, a, in the Eastern Conference. I mean, that just tells you, you know, what you need to know heading into the playoffs. Did we touch on your – I think we touched on your – We touched them all. We hit them all. Yeah. What A couple other things I wanted to chat about real quick. Um, the the uh, Red Wings are going to be looking for a new coach after parting ways with theirs. Uh, any thoughts on that opening right now? Uh, Jeff Blashill got, uh, didn't have his contract renewed this, uh, for next season. No surprise. I think, you know, the way this team finished, uh, wasn't good. I mean, I think if they, uh, excuse me, I think they, if they finished better, I think maybe he saves his job, but I think they need to go in a different direction. Um, coaching wise for the Red Wings. I think Steve Eisenman believes his team can take the next step. Maybe under Jeff Blashill they can't. A lot of speculation last year that he was going to get fired. This year he did. He this year he didn't. But now he's gone. So I think there's this is a good job. There's a lot of young talent there. They just have to get the right pieces in Detroit. It's just gonna. It's a tough division. The Atlantic is so tough for teams like Buffalo and Detroit and Ottawa yeah. because the, it's so top heavy. And and Eiserman's in, I think, in the third re- year of his rebuild. I mean, is he going to get this done? Is he going to start feeling some pressure here soon? I don't know. I think they brought him in for a reason. I think he, they saw what he did in Tampa Bay. Uh, they, they know how to draft and develop the right way. I think they're ready to go. I think it may take another year, but Detroit's right back, could be right back where they belong. What else, what else do we need to know about as we uh, head into this first round of the playoffs? Anything else you want to touch on real quick? Uh, I mean, look, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun playoff. It starts tomorrow. Uh, there could be, a, there could be some upsets, no doubt. I mean, all these teams are good. Uh, this is most wide open Stanley cup in a long time that I can remember. And it's going to be just fun to watch. You just can't, you can't wait to watch it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, just so many, just little in like, there's so many things each series has. It's, you know, each series is unique. And there, there could be, you know, you know, who's that team that's going to come out of nowhere and make the final? Like, that's where where we're looking. Like, you know, each it seems like somebody out of nowhere just makes it. Well, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you this. What do you, what's your takeaway on the NFL draft and, and your thoughts about the, the big winners and maybe the big loser in this uh, last I mean, season? you know – I, I, you know, I thought it was good. Um, first night, you know, I watched most of the first night as again, I called it. I think Mark was on the show too. We all were talking on your college football show that Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. just made the most sense. And it happened, which was good to see. I thought that was a great, I thought that was a great pick for them. Um, gives him them some time with their quarterback there already. Um, but he's going to be playing for the hometown Steelers. A lot of that going on with a lot of guys staying in their own States. I thought the Giants did well with Neil and Thibodeau. I thought those were two great first round picks for them. I think the Jets just had a tremendous draft myself, but uh, we'll see if it translates to the field. Yeah, well, it's got everybody's got to do that, right? Yeah, so, uh, everything looks good and on paper today, but we'll see how that that pans out. Before I let you go, there was one comment that I like missed here. Kenny had a question. I don't know if you're going to be able to figure out from his question here, but. 
There's a guy that has three rings and lost 13 teeth. Any idea who he's talking about? Uh, Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon? Okay. Well, that was a pretty simple uh, answer, I well, guess. Well, I mean, he has three rings. He needs the you know, and he's a he's he's got three consecutive rings. Um, I mean, unless he's talking about Ken Danico, who's on my wall, but he could be talking about that too because he's got three rings. Yeah. Um, but I know Patty Maroon's look, looking for four straight four straight cups. One with St. Louis, two with Tampa, and he, he he's looking for three peat with Tampa. <laughs> Yeah, I just didn't know if there was a st- you know stat line out there on lost teeth, so I didn't know if we'd be able. to. I mean, it. I think the over under on lost teeth for a lot of these guys is like twenty at this point. <laughs> and Rick says thank you for the update. Certainly rooting for the Rangers, as a lot of us are. Jim, we'll have you in as as often as you can get in here through the playoffs, as I said, and we'll start looking to get you in uh, uh, periodically on the uh, college sports huddle. I think as well as we start diving closer into to college football. I know, right? Spring games are just started and happened, and everybody's excited for college football. Excellent. Jim, thanks for coming in today. Enjoy this beautiful Sunday, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, hopefully. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Enjoy the day. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks to Jim Barringer from Full Press Hockey. Great art, but great, great. uh, um, It's a great website, by the way, guys. There's some great articles there jim's obviously and then so there's some other good writers there too if you like to uh, follow hockey check that out i do share jim's articles uh um when he sends them to me and i, I get them on tgi sports talk as well as uh i try to remember to share his last word on hockey show from uh, the mad radio network and sometimes i forget and when he sends me the link i remember to put it up so very good stuff uh, and uh, Alan will, before we move on from hockey, Alan will be pulling for the Penguins. You don't have to apologize, Alan. Um, there's certainly a lot of people will probably be pulling for the Penguins, especially in Pittsburgh. Maybe not in Dallas, but that's okay. Uh, so good stuff there from, uh, from Mr. Jim Barringer. Guys, we're going to, we're going to pivot here and we're going to, we're going to kind of look at, uh, uh, the winners and losers. We're into, I'm, I'm going to go into the winners and losers a little bit. Some of the things that I saw, um, you, we'll certainly go with your comments as well. And I'm going to try to touch on all 32 teams if I can and give a quick grade um, or, or at least some comments about each team. So as far as, you know, winners and losers, to me, look at, as I said uh, just a minute ago, the Jets are one of the big winners in this whole thing. Uh, they come out, with a great uh, pick how sauce Gardner goes after Derek Stingley jr. To the Texans is amazing to me. I thought the jets would go uh, Thibodeau and I thought they should to get the pass rusher, but as it worked out, they were able to draft the shutdown corner, get their, the top wide receiver probably in the draft and then still get their pass rusher when they were able to trade up back into the first round and get, Johnson out of uh, Florida State after he fell all the way to 26, which was one of the stories of the first round. That and Malik Willis not getting uh, drafted until the third round, as it turned out, after being projected as high as two uh, to the Lions in some in some mock drafts. Never saw him that high. Didn't really. I kind of penciled in for the Carolina Panthers, but. Um, but you know, at at number six, but that certainly didn't happen. That waited until 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 a third round. Um, 
And then also in the, in the uh, fourth round, where'd they get the uh, second round? Where'd they get uh, Bryce, uh, Bryce Hall? Nice pickup, getting Bryce Hall, the, the kind of, uh, to me, all-purpose back that that is so good in a league today, uh, or so important in a league today. And I think they did a great job getting him with their fourth pick in this draft. So the Giants, to me, come out, or sorry, the Jets come out to me as one of the big winners here. I think the Giants did well. I didn't really put them in my winner category only because I wasn't crazy about their draft after the first two picks. They did a really good job grabbing Thibodeau um, uh, at five after the, the the Jets took Gardner, and there's no way the Giants probably would not have taken Gardner if it had been flip-flopped and the Jets took Thibodeau. So to me, that sets up an interesting dynamic for years to come here of you know what team comes away the winner here uh in the in these picks because they could have gone to either team both of them so it'll be interesting to see what happens there um the ravens did a tremendous job i thought regardless of lamar jackson tweeting out his wtf once they traded his wide receiver marquise brown away uh during this draft one of the two trades in the first round of wide receivers uh which we'll touch on in a second i'll just say the other one was ab Brown obviously getting uh, traded to uh, uh, the Eagles and then signing a huge contract uh, within about five minutes of being traded. And they did replace him with uh, uh, with the wide receiver out of uh, Arkansas, Burks, uh, who's going to be a good receiver and that would have been a good pick for Tennessee and putting him in that lineup with, with uh, Brown and – and Robert Woods, who they've acquired, but he's recovering from knee surgery. That would have been a great triumphant, but I think the Titans end up kind of on the downside of this draft. I think the Chiefs did a great job. They were able to to, to really improve their defense with with uh, uh, with their first two picks coming away with uh, uh, Crawfulis. Uh, I think he was the second pick they made out of Purdue to be able to strengthen that defensive line. And to be able to get, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think who the hell they got as a cornerback now. My mind, there's just so many picks, man. It's it's so hard to keep things straight going forward. Um, who did they take with their first pick? I know you're in here somewhere. Where are you, dirty sons of guns? Well, I can't find it right now. But. It'll come to me here. We'll get to it when we go through the team-by-team team, uh, selections, by the way. Um, I had one that was uh, alphabetical. That might help me. There we go. Let's see here. Uh, who was that first pick by Kansas City? Somebody's probably helping me out while I'm doing this, and I'm probably doing this for nothing. Oh, yeah, Trent McDuffie, of course. Uh, Trent McDuffie out of uh, Washington. And then... So they they hold their ground. They don't reach for the wide receiver that they really want to get in the first round. Sky Moore, who was who's who was flying up the the uh, the draft charts here the last couple of weeks, um, but they do a great job getting Sky Moore uh, in a second round. So he's going to fit that offense tremendously. Is he going to replace Tyree Kill? No, but they'd already made a couple of really good moves for wide receivers and Juju Smith. Um, and another move that it, uh, um, at the wide receiver position. This team, by the way, is retooling, not rebuilding. 
It's a team that still was in the, in the, uh, you know, in the hunt for the Super Bowl last year. Got to the AFC Championship game again uh, before they had a little meltdown there. And to improve that defense, even while losing Honey Badger, I think is a great job for the uh, uh, for the Chiefs. And I'm going to make one more, a couple more comments here, and I'll get to your 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 guys' comments. I think the Georgia Bulldogs, as as Rick mentioned earlier. Uh, 15 picks in the first round. They're one of the big winners, uh, not the first round, in the draft, and I think five in the first round. Um, other than the big surprise was Kobe Dean uh, falling uh, all the way to the third round, I believe. I had him going to the Patriots at number one. Um, and, that, and we'll get to the Patriots draft later. Um, and then, you know, of course, uh, I think Drew Locke and uh, and – just slash Geno Smith come away a winner here only because they're probably one of them is going to be the starting quarterback because Seattle didn't pick a pick a quarterback. I'm shocked uh, that they pass as many times as they did on Willis and, and Corral uh, as two guys I thought would fit what they want to do. Um, not that they should have taken him in the first round, but to pass on them uh, after that was a bit interesting and there's really no options left for them. Um, other than you know maybe Baker Mayfield and and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't I don't see them uh, doing that. So Seattle may not be a big winner, but the quarterbacks likely are. Uh, losers, I touched on a couple of this already. I think the Titans come out a loser in this. I think the Dolphins come out a loser in this. Uh, the with the Tyree Kill uh, trade, they didn't have uh, that many picks in this draft, and I didn't see where they improved themselves at all. Uh, to be able to compete in what's going to be a very tough AFC East. The Jets are – I don't say the Jets are going to compete this year, but I've said it all along, and I'm not a Jet fan, and as you all know, the Jets are going to be a team on the come. They are just really, really putting together a solid team. If these picks pan out, we still got to see how they pan out on the field. Um, So, again, I think the Dolphins are a loser in this draft. Justin Fields is a loser in this draft. The quarterback for the uh, the, the Bears is they did nothing in my mind to help him, uh, and and the progression that will be needed from that position if they're going to get better in the first round or, or his second year, I should say. And then I'm going to put the Patriots as a question mark. Listen, far be it for me, and we'll talk more about it when we go through the teams here in a second. I'll get to your comments in a second too, guys. Far be it for me to question the greatest coach in the history of the game. But interesting, you know, I'll just t- touch on strong. I'm okay. If he think, if you think he's your pick and, and you really think somebody's going to take him in the next few picks, I don't. I think they could have got him in a second round. But it seems a little odd when, when Belichick, you know, if he thought, if he was worried about that, not sure why he traded back from 21 to 29 if he was worried about losing him, you know, around the 29 spot, I don't think he would have traded back. Um, and I think it's possible. I mentioned this this morning on the Mac and Jack show. I do think it's possible, and I have no confirmation on this, that the Patriots might have had their eyes on Zion Johnson at 21 uh, out of uh, Boston College. Uh, really good, versatile uh, offensive lineman. And when he went before they had a chance to pick a 21, I think that might be when they decided to trade back because they, they had switched their sights to strong. And I think that's what might have happened here. So, there's a couple of uh, uh, just some, a couple of hot takes on uh, on what we got going here. So I'll, I'll catch you up here on a couple of uh, let me get to a couple of comments and then we'll go 
start going through this draft team by team, and we'll and we'll make some further comments as we go forward. Um, I do know the Penguins are your hockey team, Alan. Uh, the Vikings had a A on sign uh, in the first round, and not a flashy draft, but a lot of help in areas and biggest needs, safety and a and a couple of corners. I, I think signs a good pick. I really do. Or seen. Um, there's a thought the Patriots might take him with the 29th pick uh, for a bit there too. Um, but again, he's a pretty good player. I think Kyle Hamilton's probably the best safety in the draft. And if you couldn't get him, which they could have, if they hadn't traded out of the spot, um, it's a little interesting. So uh, McDuffie, what did I say? Did I say something other than McDuffie? I apologize if I did. Um, Alan should be my producer, right? He should be, right? Yeah, MVS and Juju. Listen, the, the Chiefs are going to be really tough uh, this year. I, I think they'll be a Super Bowl contender again. I know a couple of people we were talking about on the draft show that, you know, in a couple of years there'll be a Super Bowl contender. They're a Super Bowl contender this year, guys. Patrick Mahomes is, uh, uh, is still the quarterback and still at the top of the quarterback charts. They've They've – Retooled their their wide receiver position with MVS and, and Juju, and now Sky Moore going to be a part of that. Uh, they still have Kelsey, and they improved that defense tremendously, most likely. Um, and we'll see what happens. Seattle could still go get Baker. Still, listen, nobody, anybody who goes and gets Baker Mayfield is nuts. Why would you trade for Baker Mayfield in that contract when the Browns are going to have no choice but to release him? This, he's not getting traded. At least, uh, unless you want to pay that big contract because you want to beat somebody else out for his services. But, you know, if he wants to go someplace else other than your team, th- that's not a good move either. So any any team that, that, that trades for this guy and gives up, I don't care if you have to give up a sixth-round draft pick, but you've got to pay the contract. If you release them, you don't. Uh, the Texans may be interested in Garoppolo. That it would be interesting. Um, again, I thought the Texans might take a shot at, at one of those quarterbacks as they started to fall. Um, if it wasn't going to be Willis, I thought Corral might fit in Texas. I thought Sam Howell might fit in Texas, but they like Mills, I know, and it's possible that uh, Garoppolo and Garoppolo, by the way, probably isn't going to get traded until teams start seeing him throw the football. Uh, after his injury last year. So good point. The Bears did cut Nick Foles. Um, He'll probably head back to the Eagles. Uh, Hertz will either stink or get hurt during the year, and Nick Foles will lead them to the playoffs and and be a big star in in, uh, Philadelphia again. (laughs) It sounds like Hollywood, right? They don't come up with any new ideas, so we just repeat the old ones. Overall, you like the Cowboys draft. We'll get to that in a second as we go through, and we can certainly comment on some of these individual teams. Uh, Alan, I'm interested in what I said if I didn't say McDuffie, by the way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I apologize, guys. So it just is what it is. What are you going to do? Anyway, 10.55, let's, let's grind through. And we won't spend a lot of t- time on some of these teams that either didn't have a lot of picks or maybe there wasn't a lot of impact or or we're just not interested in talking about that much. Uh, the first one, uh, the first, we're going to go alphabetically here. So it's easier for me. 
the Arizona Cardinals uh, didn't have a pick till 55. Um, you know, the thing that really, I think they did a good job with, with Trey Mc, McBride, who I believe was the first uh, tight end off the, off the board at 55. I think it was a good pick. He's a really good player out of Colorado State. I like that. Um, the fact that it looks like they're going to keep Kyler Murray is also a big deal. There was a lot of talk about him heading into the draft, but it kind of dried up in the days before the draft. Um, and and we didn't uh, – it's funny. The guys that got talked about being traded uh, during the draft, which were possibly – that could have gone during the first round, let's say. Um, Kyler Murray and, and Juju Smith – I'm not Juju Smith, uh, uh, Debo Samuel – would have been the two guys that might garner uh, a first-round pick. Uh, we do know that, uh, by according to reports, the Jets had offered, uh, been offered. No, I guess the Jets had offered the tenth-round pick um, to to the 49ers for Samuel, and they turned him down. Uh, I think Samuel stays with the 49ers. By the way, not to get off track here, but then so the two guys mentioned. We already knew, I think, by draft time that Kurt Murray was not going to be in the conversation. But two guys that kind of caught us by surprise were uh, Brown, uh, the two Browns from uh, from Tennessee. I'm sorry. Yeah, from Tennessee going to the Eagles, signing a huge contract. Makes the Eagles very tough, by the way. And then uh, and then Marquise Brown getting traded from Baltimore, which elicited the tweet from uh, from their quarterback, Lamar Jackson. WTF, and that's not a good sign when your quarterback, who you're trying to sign to an extension, um, doesn't. If they're trying to sign him to ex- an extension, we'll talk about that maybe in the in the Baltimore section here. Um, not a good sign when you're picking off your your uh, <laughs> your your quarterback, who is a very good quarterback. So again, the 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 Cardinals. I don't know. I'll give them a solid B. I don't think they made any huge reaches or any huge um, mistakes. Um, and I guess some of these guys, they, they, I think they got some good guys uh, in day three um, as well, it, where you're filling in, um, especially uh, the pick, uh, their last, was it their last pick? Um, yeah, no. Oh, I guess it was, uh, I guess it was uh, Smith that I was thinking of uh, who they got in the sixth round. He was, uh, they got him at 215 and he was ranked 147th best player. So from a value standpoint, that's a pretty good pick. Moving on, the Atlanta Hall Falcons. I don't think the Atlanta Falcons did a bad job here at all. In fact, I, I'm probably going to give them an A uh, with getting Drake London with their first pick out of USC, a wide receiver, uh, which was it was wide receiver and defense where they probably were considering going here uh, in the first round. And they went, they went defense the next couple picks with uh, uh, I'll butcher his name, a Becca, a from Penn state edge rusher. Uh, they got him in the second round and he's, he had first round talent, uh, but in a lot of people's accounts. And then they go Troy, Troy Anderson uh, linebacker out of Montana state. And then Desmond Ritter which I think from a values perspective, getting him with the 74th pick Desmond Ritter may be the most ready college quarterback to play in the NFL today uh, with the style of offense that he played 
the experience that he had in college as far as a uh, number of years played um, and, and a winner. And he may compete. And he, and he matches up very favorably, I think, with, with Marcus Mariota and, and the things that can do. I'm not saying Desmond Ritter is going to be a franchise quarterback or lead his team to the promised land, but this team, this Desmond Ritter could play sooner than you think. Let's look at a couple of comments here. Golf, Kenny's all right on topic here, as always. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> Golf, June 4th. Yes, uh, as I think I mentioned, uh, I mailed the check in, and I do believe we have our fourth. I'll let you guys know uh, as we go forward. I have to verify that uh, when he returns from the Dominican here in, uh, in I think, in a week. Um, Hollywood Brown going to Arizona is an interesting pick. That's a good uh, – that's an interesting uh, comment there as well. Uh, Actually, it it puts another – Really good receiver on the on the other side of Hopkins, so I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. Um, what else did I miss here? Anything else? Nope, we're good. All right, let's move on from to the Baltimore Ravens, who I think had a great draft. I mean, guys kept falling to them. To me, they get the best safety in the draft in Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. They get the best center uh, in the in the draft. Unless you want to count, um, unless you want to count Zion Johnson, who I like a lot, but he plays all along the, the the line. He may end up being a center, as Mike Strong end up made on being a center, by the way, at some point. But I think uh, Linderbaum was the best center in the draft, and then they get uh, off the edge, David Ajabo from Michigan, who's probably going to miss his first year, but this is a this is a really good pick in the second round. And he is—he's—he's going to be a guy who contributes in this league for a long time. I said this before. This draft, while maybe not overwhelmingly uh, 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 full of Hall of Fame type players, is really deep in quality NFL players who will contribute to teams for a long time. Um, and we'll see again how that uh, how that plays out. Uh, well, Kyle, uh, what we're talking about it since we've. Sometimes we don't get these in, in real time. It's it's like building. Uh, yeah. We have some big sh- shoes to fill. Uh, Hamilton filling Ed Reed's uh, sh- uh, shoes, to be honest with you, with Alan. But it's a good comparison. Uh, and I like Hamilton's game a lot. And I think this is a really good uh, good start to this team. And, again, they, they did some – they had some good quality picks, I think, uh, um, and by the way, Ajabu does reunite with his old uh, coordinator at Michigan, uh, Michael McD- Mike McDonald, and also one of his high school teammates, Adafi Away. Uh, uh, <laughs> I need some more Smith and Jones. <laughs> Sorry, my lack of political correctness. Um, another guy they picked up uh, a little bit later on, third round, Travis Jones, defensive uh, uh, player out of. Uh, Where'd he come out of? You got to see where he came from. Oh, out of Connecticut, right. Uh, you know, <laughs> probably he'd been ranked with first round talent. Um, so it, it's a nice pick for them in the third round. And they came away with uh, some interesting picks. There's legitimate injury concerns with Armour Davis, but certainly uh, I think overall this was a really good draft uh, for 
uh, Baltimore. Now, interesting with Baltimore, and there is a Harbaugh connection with Ajabo as well, of course, uh, with Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh being brothers. Um, Ravens' situation with Lamar Jackson bears watching, though. They haven't locked him up. They didn't draft a quarterback. There was some thought they may take one of these quarterbacks during this draft because they've had this rumor out there for well over a year that they may not sign Lamar Jackson, that they may franchise him, and they may let him matriculate out of the system, similar to a college situation, and then just keep and, and keep doing this with quarterbacks and never paying them. Whether that's a great game plan, I don't know. Actually, John Harbaugh denies that what they're thinking, uh, but it's possible. <laughs> you know, anything's possible in today's NFL. Everybody's looking to be do the, be the next brilliant uh, a strategist, right? And if and if teams start to find ways to make this happen, where they can move guys through the system, uh, uh, use them for three or four years, and then t- maybe tag them with the franchise for for a year if you have to, or maybe not even do that, but move them on and bring in somebody to replace them. So you never have to pay them. Don't know if that's the best way to build a football team, but we'll see. Well, Lamar may be okay. He'll be okay, whatever. Cause if he doesn't play in, in Baltimore, he'll play somewhere. The worry with Brown is his game and, and whether you look at, you can't make this guy a pocket passer. A lot of people say, keep him in a pocket, got to keep him healthy. You can't change the way this guy plays. If you take away that aggressiveness and that running game, then he is not as valuable a player as he is with it. So I don't see that happening. Um, And it could possibly mean his career may be shorter than some others. Well, I don't think it's about the agent. It's about – it could also be about what the Ravens plan to do at that position. It won't matter who his agent is if if there's some – I'm going to comment on Kraepernick. Um, the situation is uh, too big not to have a professional and, and their perspective. Yeah, fair enough. Let's move on to the Bills. Bills with a nice pick. I thought they would, would get Andrew Booth, who actually slid into the second round as well. Um, one of the bigger, again, bigger surprises uh, in the first round that he didn't go. But they come away with uh, career Elam from Florida. They needed help at that cornerback position um, and the running back position. And this was a good place to go. Uh, there was people clamoring for him to pick a running back in the first round. But those the, the talent wasn't first-round worthy in Walker and, and Hall and, and the guy that they got in the second round. I think a really good value pick in James Cook out of Georgia. So I think he'll really help this uh, this Baltimore uh offense and I think he he fits very well into what they do I thought Bryce Hall would have fit in well with what they do as well but the Jets did a great job of getting him uh who else stands here they drafted one of the I think two punters that were drafted and Matt uh Arizia out of uh uh I think maybe there was three he might he was the second guy to go he was he was kind of the punting uh um savant in college this year out of San Diego State but he I think he was the, the last punter to go uh, which, again, I think there was only three. Um, and James Cook, by the way, is Dalvin Cook's brother, so got some pretty good bloodlines there. And uh, he, he, I think he fits that off offense very, very well. 
Um, so again, I'm going to give the Buffalo Bills up. I'll give them a B plus here. Nothing crazy, but they fill the needs that they need to fill. Uh, what do you got here? Bills did horrible. I don't know. Look at they again. They picked up the running back that they needed, and they picked up the cornerback that they needed. And and there's no way to know to get uh, you know when it comes to offensive linemen, offensive linemen. Um, you can sign, and the Patriots did this for years. You know, they would get them in the back of the draft, which Buffalo didn't do. Um, or they would sign them as undrafted free agents. I don't know what Buffalo's done so far. Um, but there are ways to cobble an offensive line together. And if you get the right coach, a coach who can coach the guys up, you can survive. And look at offensive line was not this team's big, biggest need, uh, Carlos. It was definitely the cornerback situation because they lost their best cornerback um, in free agency and they had to make uh, a move there and they had to address the running back situation. The running backs were terrible. Brees Hall. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Bryce Hall. There is a Bryce Hall somewhere, isn't there? You'll catch me on that forever. That's another one that I will forever probably be screwing up. But thank you. Bills do not have good running backs. How often do we have to go into this topic? Oh, my God. Do you want me to show you the numbers again? Do I have to do this again, Carlos? I'll give it to you again. Just because we go through the same conversation every freaking time. Let's look at the running back numbers out of uh, out of the Bills. Devin Singletary, 870 yards. Well, he did average 4.6 yards a carry, so he got it going a little bit. Their second-leading rusher was their quarterback at 763 yards. Zach Moss, under four yards a carry. Plus, what? how many catches did Singletary have? 40. Cook's going to do better than that. He's a scat back. He will be very, very, very successful in this. Their running backs are not any good. Maybe you think it's their 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 offensive line. You can keep telling me that, and that's fine. But Devin, I've I watched Devin Singletary, and I'm not sure how he averaged four point six yards a game because every single game I watched him, unless he was playing against the Patriots, of course. You know, the guy averaged about two point nine yards a carry. Terrible. Uh, well, okay, fine. We are entitled to disagree here. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think the Panthers, I don't know. Nice pick with getting, uh, uh, you know, a corno from, uh, North Carolina state, uh, with the sixth pick, I think. Uh, good job, I think, getting a quarterback in Matt Corral, who I like a lot, um, in the third round. And staying away from uh, uh, Malik Willis. Uh, so I like those two picks a lot for them. Um, and I think, I don't know, again, we don't know whether Corral will ever be a great player in this in this league. But Ryan Tannehill is not a great player in this league. He'll probably will not compete with Tannehill in year one. 
uh, we'll talk to Robert Butler. I might get Robert Butler on to talk about this a little bit at some point, but I, I think this is a good value pick uh, uh, for them. And, uh, you know, again, late in day two, I think that's a pretty good pick. Um, it's obviously a little bit harder to project what he'll do in the NFL because of the offense he played in in Mississippi. Uh, but I think he is a quality quarterback. And he's one of the guys I thought could surprise. And he may be a better quarterback in the long run than Pickett or Willis. We'll see. Uh, so, again, I got to give them probably a great A, I guess, overall. I'm not going to spend a ton of time there. Allen runs for his life. Oh, God. So he's running for his life, but he had time enough to do, let's see, what did he, uh, let me see if I can find this quickly. Here we go. He had time to throw for 4,000 yards and 36 touchdowns. You can cobble together teams. Oh, I said, I sorry, I had, uh, God, grief, I'm sorry. Uh, I had Corral in Tennessee. That's going to be uh, Willis. I'm having a bad morning, guys. Played golf yesterday, and I am so tired. First time out this year, and it was a tough sled around that course, I got to tell you. Um, it is possible that Baker Mayfield comes in and competes, uh, competes there, but again, Remember something, none of these teams, if they're smart, if a team trades for Baker Mayfield, they're crazy. You can't have that, you can't have that contract coming off, and the Browns will have zero choice if they don't get offered a trade to release Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield cannot make it to training camp. He just can't. Um and I had them I'm, I'm talking about Tannehill, like Tannehill's playing for Carolina with good grief. Uh, it is possible, too, that you're right. Corral could compete with Sam Darnold. But, you know, the Panthers still seem to like Sam Darnold. But if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm Matt Rule, I got a hard time going into the season, which is probably my last season if I don't win uh, or at least make significant significant improvement. It's going to be very hard for them to compete or not or compete with with Sam Darnold and try to make that improvement that they need to play. I understand. That's his game, though. And when you have a quarter, look it. All right. They need Lyman, Carlos. I'm not going to disagree. They need Lyman. They still did a good job in their draft, I think. Again, a B is not a tremendous score, but I'm not giving them a D. They're not the Patriots. Cleveland has zero leverage. You're right. They don't. That's why he will not get traded. Baker Mayfield will not get traded. Unless there's one dumb owner, which there often is. All right, let's get back on track here. Oh, gosh. Chicago Bears. I'm not giving the Bears a great score here. I mean, again, B minus, maybe. Maybe a C. They didn't have a first-round pick after trading it to the Giants last year. Uh, and they take cornerback uh, Kyler Gordon out of Washington with their first pick of safety. Uh, Joaquin Brisker out of Penn State, who are nice players, but he doesn't help a young quarterback who needs weapons around him and lost his best wide receiver, I believe, in free agency. And the only pick they make is Velas, uh, uh, Velas Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. Um, 
and then a, a running back later on who's probably not going to be a big help, and Ebner out of Baylor. Who knows? I mean, sometimes you get late value picks that, that surprise us, but, you know, they went pretty much. Um, and no offensive line help there to kind of go to Carlos's point uh, about the Bills. Uh, the Bears didn't do anything to help their offensive line uh, until very late in this draft, and we'll see how it all works out. Uh, but I just don't think they did enough to help uh, – Justin Fields in this draft and help Justin Fields make this next draft uh, or this next step that he needs to make in his career, which I think he's poised to do, but he's got to have some weapons to throw to. And, uh, you know, Vels Jones is very late developing in college. He didn't break out. He's a six year senior last year. Um, he does have great speed. Uh, but again, there's some question about his, as there is about a lot of guys coming out of college about their route running ability and things like that. So we'll see what happens, uh, with the uh, bears. Let's keep moving along here. Um, who doesn't, who own the Raiders? Who are we talking about? Kenny, help me out. I predict Dor Darnell Mooney will have a breakout year for the, for the bears. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. It's possible. Look, if they could have guys in house, they think are going to progress along with Justin Fields, but you know, I need similar to what the, 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 uh, I think similar to what the uh, jets have done with Zach Wilson, you have got to give your young quarterback some weapons. The, the jets have done a great job of that. The last two years, they come out with more, uh, um, uh, I don't know if it's the end of the first round. I think it was the end of the first round last year. And this year, Wilson, they they go out and get a a, a really good professional tight end, uh, the the kid from Cincinnati. So they're doing great things to improve the weapons around Zach Wilson and help him progress. Where I don't think the Bears have done the same thing. Uh, move on to the uh, the Bengals. Daxton Hill, nice pick with their with their first round pick. They needed offensive line help, and you want to talk about a team that did nothing. I mean, I know they signed some guys in free agency, which which hopefully will make a difference for them. Um, but they lost their best tight end, and they didn't do anything to to make a move there in the draft. And they lost their uh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, they didn't do anything to, to help their offensive line. Now, they did a lot to help their defense in getting Daxton Hill from Michigan and getting Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska. I even like Zachary Carter out of Florida. And, and again, I think they may get a steal at number, in, their, in their seventh round pick, the edge Jeffrey uh, Guttner out of Coastal Carolina. That's a player to watch out for. But the Bengals, to me, <clears throat> better hope the three guys they signed out of free agency will help them. Um, oh, I'm dumb owner. Yeah, I got you. Um, remember with the delay, Kenny, I sometimes forget it's a little while since I said something. So, um, he would be one dumb owner, but he's done a pretty good job this year. We'll see what happens. And there's more than one, by the way, there's a couple of them around. Um, so anyway, we'll give the Bengals a little bit of a, a break here, but. We'll see how that works out for them. For the Browns, you know, whatever. Maybe a C plus. I don't see anything exciting. Again, they didn't have a pick in the first two rounds after making the 
the Deshaun Watson deal. I just worry about them putting weapons around them. They did do some drafting of uh, a couple of wide receivers and a running back. They've got a pretty good running game as it is. Um, not crazy about the weapons at wide receiver around Deshaun Watson. They did draft David Bell out of Purdue and Michael Woods, uh, the second out of Oklahoma, which I guess um, Allen could give us a little bit of a scouting report on. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. Martin Emerson out of uh, um, uh, Mississippi State. Not a bad player. There's some talk that he may be a better player once he gets to the NFL and, and develops there. Um, as he was in kind of a, a system that didn't play to his strengths in college, but we'll see what happens there. I'm not a big fan of what the what the Browns have done so far, though. We're gonna get to uh, we're gonna get to uh, yeah. There's there's a guy I was trying to think of. Daniel Snyder is the one donor. For sure. Half the, half the Browns picks are Oklahoma guys. Uh, I don't know if it was half, was it? Carlo, or what's your name? Allen? And they did take three guys out of Alabama. And uh, Winfrey, Woods, as I mentioned, Isaiah Thomas, uh, the edge rusher out of Oklahoma. Another guy that might be a, uh, you know, a bit of a surprise uh, with a late pick. Let's move on to the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys wanted to retool their, their offensive line and they picked one offensive lineman and that was Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. They did draft a tight end, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin. Um, Sam Williams out of Mississippi, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. I just look at, I just don't know. I, And maybe it's just a lack of big names, right? Cowboy fans always want big names. But, I mean, there was a lot of talk of what, what the Cowboys were going to do with this first-round draft pick. I thought they were going to draft more offensive linemen than what they did because I think they really need to improve that offensive line. They've got two really good running backs and a quarterback they need to protect. And this is a place that I think needed offensive linemen. I think it's possible that the you know uh, Jake uh, I'm sorry uh, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama will be somebody who is a steal um, at, in at the in the third round out of a smaller school in South Alabama, and we'll see how that how that plays out. Allen's talking about Woods at uh, at uh, Oklahoma transfer from Arkansas, not a top tier guy. Don't disagree. We'll see what they he can do on the next level. There's Alabama. There's your. There's Allen's comments out of uh, the uh, Oklahoma guys that went to uh, Cleveland. And I'll wait for your your comments here, Allen. I want to get your comments. I'm not crazy about this Cowboy draft. I know you feel they did pretty well. Um, let me see what did. Uh, I didn't see what Mel Kuyper was. Uh, uh, I wanted to see what Kuyper had to say about the Cowboys. Before I move on, see, he didn't do his in alphabetical order. It's much harder for me to find the DM team I want to find. Can't find them. All right. Carlos, or uh, Carlos, why do I keep calling Alan Carlos today? We'll come back uh, if you got some comments there. I'll move on to the to my next uh, 
uh, victim here, the Denver Broncos. Uh, there you go. Before I move on, Alan's got a couple comments here. You like the linebackers you got? Williams paired with Parsons should be fun to watch. Um, yeah, Sam, William, Sam Williams is definitely a good athlete. And um, look at you know they, <laughs> he is a good he is a good pass rusher, and and the and the defense on on Dallas has gotten much better uh, recently. Mika Parsons. Uh, Michael Parsons really turned around, helped turn around that defense. He he was one of the better defensive uh, uh, players in in the league last year, after having some question marks about his character and some other uh, off the field stuff that really kind of were biting him. And that's why he fell in the draft last year and fell to the Cowboys. But he turned out to be probably the, one of the best players to come out of that draft last year, and he's been one of the better defensive players in the in the league. So, you know, pairing him with another one. Uh, that could step up like that would be a, certainly uh, a very good step in the right direction for, for the Cowboys. We'll see. Again, this all plays out. Listen, the the NFC East, as we talk about the Cowboys, and we'll talk more about it uh, as we get to the Eagles selections and whatnot. Um, the NFC East is really going to be a strong uh, division last year. You got the defending champion Cowboys. Um who are always, and again, I know some people are, are going to comment that they aren't going to win with Dak Prescott, but I still like Dak. I don't like some of the decisions he makes. Again, they have a chance to win that playoff game last year if he just hands the ball to the referee. And that's got nothing to do with his ability. That's got to do with the way you are, are, are cognizant of what's going on in the game and, and aware of the game situation. But this this division, Washington's going to be much better next year. We'll talk about their draft here in a second. They got, and I think they've got the best coach in the division. Um, the Eagles obviously are going to be tough now that they're really loading up on weapons for Jalen Hurts. Their question mark is quarterback, as every team is in this in this uh, division. Quarterback will be the decisive uh, point in this division, and uh, right now, Dak. Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in this division. If Daniel Jones takes a big step ahead with Brian Dabo, then maybe the Giants make a big leap in that division. I still like Washington to win this division. I liked them last year, and I think this is a year they may finally put it together. The problem is Carson Wentz is their quarterback. Is he better than Tyler? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Henneke? I don't really know that he is. Uh, and who knows? You may get a chance to see Sam Howell play. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, back to the Cowboys. Tyler Smith will probably be put at left guard because uh, that's the worst spot on the line and certainly a very important uh, spot on the line as well. Um, and you like the defensive tackle you took late. I'm going to assume that's uh, John Ridgeway out of Arkansas. Again, these late these late picks, you never know. I mean, there are some very late picks that are very good players in the NFL. Not on the defensive side of the ball. I can think of one that played with uh, a team up in Foxborough that was picked in the sixth round and kind of had a pretty, you know, halfway decent career. You guys can figure out who that is. The Broncos, again, I don't know if this is a huge, um, you know, they had no first round draft pick. I still think this team is is built to win 
the West. Again, another division. We just talked about the NFC East. And a lot of people like to talk about the NFC West, but with Seattle going to be down at, and the 49ers may be going to be down depending on the quarterback situation and what happens with Debo Samuel. Uh, that team could, could, could drop from, you know, the playoffs to four or five wins if, if the right things don't happen there. I think the AFC West now is also primed to be potentially the, one of the better divisions in football or the best there. We're going to have a great race between, you know, the AFC West, the NFC East, uh, the AFC East. Uh, the AFC East might be a year away from from really taking that mantle when the Jets get better. Um, but this AFC West with the Broncos getting better now with Wilson at quarterback um, to go along with a bunch of other uh, talent they had to surround him with. The Chargers getting much, much better. I love their pick of moving up to get Zion uh, Johnson out of uh, – Boston College, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, they're certainly going to be better with their quarterback, uh, you know, imp- having another year to improve. Uh, that's They're going to be tough. The Chiefs have rebuilt very strongly. And you got the Raiders who have gone out and, and improved that team. It's going to be a question of whether Josh McDaniel uh, is a great coach or he's just a great coordinator. We'll find out. Uh, what did I miss here? Talking about the Broncos, two Oklahoma guys in Denver will be amazing players. Yell is underrated in, in his mind. And neither one of them went terribly high, right? I only got one guy. Oh, I'm sorry. The first pick was uh, in the second round was edge player Nick uh, Benito, which I think yeah, Benito is the guy that, uh, that Alan's talking about. The other would have been uh, uh, DeLaren. Turner Yell out of Oklahoma safety. You know, listen, this was a deep draft for defensive backs as well. So a lot of these guys that were fourth and fifth round pack picks, really good players. And there was a couple I would like to see the, the Patriots get that they just didn't. And we'll talk about their pick picks coming up here in a little bit. 1030. We got to move along here. Spending too much time on too many of these teams. So the Broncos will give, I guess, a B. The Lions, I like what the Lions did. Keeping hometown hero, Idian Hutchinson in Michigan. You know, a lot of debate whether he or Taylor should have gone number one. Um, I think it was a good good pick here. I like them taking Jamison Williams uh, in the first round, moving up to 12 to get him out of Alabama. Going to miss some time next year. But look, at the Lions probably aren't winning anything anytime soon. But I think this was a good pickup for them. Um, and then the rest of their draft, uh, we can certainly talk about later. They're going to need a quarterback at some point, and they did not draft a quarterback in this draft. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do uh, in that position. Let's move on to the Green Bay Packers, Kenny Gifford's team and and Rick Sherlock's least favorite team. You know, the Packers, you know, I, I, I think didn't have a bad draft. I mean, <laughs> I doubt that uh, – Although I like they they did get Christian Walker late. I thought they might take him in the first round, Christian Walker out of North Dakota State, to help that wide receiver uh, 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 hole that was left left with the uh, <laughs> Devontae Adams leaving. Um, but they went heavily on. This team had defensive needs. So Quai Walker, another great player, uh, linebacker out of Georgia, good pick there. Devontae Wyatt, 
out of uh, out of uh, Georgia also. So the teammates playing side by side out there will be an interesting uh, development. They also, like I said, picked up Christian Watson in the in the uh, second round wide receiver, who's going to be very good slot player, I think, um, and probably. You know, he went at the thirty-four uh, spot in the pick in the in the draft, and some guys didn't have him quite that high. I thought he was first-round draft talent, as as some others did, but I think they made a good move here. And I think maybe it's possible. You got to remember something: their rookie class is going to be important because the rookie contracts are going to be help keep their payroll down. And paying your quarterback fifty million dollars does not give you a lot of uh, uh, time to be able to. Or, or, or ability to bring in a lot of big names and replace the guys you've let walk. And I think with the $50 million that Aaron Rodgers got, he also got a script of what to say at the end of the Packers first round when they went defense <laughs> and, uh, and nobody to help out Rodgers. And they only drafted, they did draft Romeo uh, Dobbs out of Nevada. Don't know about Rome, uh, Romeo a whole lot. So I can't make a lot of comment there. And then they drafted Samari, uh, Torreira out of Nebraska as well. So they did, they they went later on for some wide receivers after taking uh, Walker. Rogers doesn't last a year. Smith takes him out. (laughs) That's possible. Uh, let's move on to the Texans. After a strange pick of Derek Stingley, uh, at number three. Now Derek Stingley's a great player. Hasn't done much since his freshman year. Um, but still one of the more highly rated cornerbacks in the league would have gone in the top 12 at least a little surprised to see him go before sauce Gardner, to be honest with you. But again, if you think he's the best player, then you got to take him at three and lovey Smith thinks you build your defense around guys who can shut down on the corner. So that's the way uh, he wanted to go and who am I say he's wrong. Uh, they also drafted Kenyon Green. An interesting pick here uh, uh, later on was uh, out of Florida, Damian uh, Pierce, who may end up being the Rams or the, uh, excuse me, the Rams. My God, the Texans uh, starting running back before it's all over. And they also got John Meachie, who the Patriots, I would have rather seen the Patriots get John Meachie uh, rather than, um, than Thornton out of Baylor. Certainly would have rather have seen that. John Meachie went a little bit sooner than I thought he'd go. There was, there was some thought he'd fall into the third round, and I thought the Patriots, I think the Patriots thought they might have gotten him there as well. Move on to the Indianapolis Colts. Again, no first-round draft pick as it was traded away. Um, nice pick getting Jelani Woods out of Virginia, I think. Uh the wide receiver, Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, uh, again, playing in that offense and that, that pro-style offense it will probably help him. A lot of the teams play pro-style offense in the college, though. Um, I just do think it's a, uh, it's a, it's a nice pick um, uh, for them. Now, <laughs> there's some talk that they should have taken maybe Sky Moore, who was still on the board at that pick. But, uh, again, I, I don't think it was an awful pick overall. And uh, then they pick uh, another tight end, Ogletree, out of Youngstown State um, in round six. So a little bit of help uh, in the offensive uh, skill positions for their new quarterback, Matt Young, as well as uh, some 
some uh, help on the offensive line and Bernard Rahman and, and, and a couple other guys. So uh, the Jaguars, Trevon Walker, number one pick, a lot of talent out of Georgia. Again, I, I don't know that he's the best player on this Georgia defense. Um, and we'll, the, the, the interesting thing was, uh, was my guy, uh, uh, Nicole Dean falling to the third round. Uh, but Jacksonville, listen, I don't think this is a great draft other than I do like Lloyd, Devin Lloyd, and I do like Teron Walker, but I don't think they did a whole lot to improve themselves, uh, after that, but these are two good picks that will help solidify that defense. Moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs. We've already talked a lot about the Chiefs getting McDuffie, getting uh, Carl Laftis, getting Sky Moore, getting Brian Cook to safety out of uh, Cincinnati. Um, I think this is really they, – they drafted a lot of defensive players in, in uh, McDuffie and Carl Laftis. I still don't know. Maybe I said Duffy. Who did I – did anybody ever tell me what I said when I didn't say McDuffie? Um, getting uh, Chenaya. Chanel, I'm sorry, Chanel out of Wisconsin, Williams out of uh, Fayetteville State, which I don't remember a guy getting drafted from Fayetteville State before, <clears throat> but we'll see how that works out. Uh, Watson, cornerback out of uh, Washington State, and another safety out of Marshall and Johnson. So a lot of help on defense for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they did a good job. Kenny agrees. Nobody's a fan of Aaron Rodgers on this show. That's apparent, except one Carlos uh, <laughs> Chavez. The Las Vegas Raiders. No picks in the first two rounds after trading for uh, Devontae Smith. Um, their first pick was a guard, Pernum out of, of Memphis. Um, Zamir White out of Georgia running back with some potential. Other than that, you know, this was kind of a nondescript draft, I think, for the for the Raiders. They made most of their moves in free agency, and we'll see how that works out for this team going forward. You struggled figuring out who it was. Oh, that's all it was? I thought I said his name wrong. <laughs> Devontae Adams. What did I say this time? <laughs> I said Devontae Adams. You're killing me. The Chargers. I like the Chargers draft, especially because they get uh, uh, Zeon Johnson at the top, who I like a lot out of Boston College. A lot of versatility there. Uh, he'll start from day one. Um, he'll probably be the right guard to start. He may, he may become the center eventually. Um, JT Woods, I like a lot. Safety out of Baylor. A guy the Patriots I know had their eye on um, as well. I like the running back Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M to, to fortify that that running back uh, group. And then they come up with some other uh, picks that I think are, are solid uh, later on. Um, nobody out of Oklahoma, though. Did I, I didn't say Smith. Maybe I misspoke. There's too many Devontes. There's too many, you know, I just need Smith and Jones, man. Anyway, thank you, Alan. My ombudsman for the show, Alan. The Rams, listen, the 
the Rams at least, you know, look at they had the best draft. They draft they they rented an entire house to do their draft out of. It's like we we're still in the pandemic. They didn't have any pick till round three. I don't. I, there's nothing for me to get excited about here in this draft. Maybe safety Quentin Lake out of UCLA can provide some some value uh, with that six round pick. You know, the worst thing they did in my mind was mock Bill Belichick for the pick of uh, Strong. You can disagree with it, but to laugh and joke and to me it was it was demeaning. You can demean Bill Belichick all you want. I don't care. But it was demeaning to Strong. And I, I don't have anything against Strong. I may not agree with the pick where it got picked, but I like the kid and I like the player. So I don't know. Classless. It was McVeigh and one of his assistants. I don't know who it was. The Dolphins. I think the Dolphins. And again, they they only ended up with four picks in the entire draft. Um, I, and I don't see where they get a lot of value and, and much to help them here. They take Skylar Thompson out of Kansas State as a quarterback. Maybe he's gonna. Um, I don't know if he projects somewhere else, but I don't see where they've gotten any better in this draft. And I think that, you know the the Tyree Kill trade could help them, but let's not forget it's two of that's throwing the football to them. And I think they're going to struggle. I think they, it's possible to me that the jets could move past the dolphins this year. If their draft all uh, works out the Vikings, we've already touched on a, a little bit. I think they do a great job in getting uh, a scene in, in round one and then booth in round two booth was projected with first round uh potential fell in the draft a little bit but i like him a lot so i think they did a really good job getting the safety in the cornerback here in their first couple of picks um you know after that we got a we got some offensive linemen we got a linebacker uh, out of oklahoma again a lot of oklahoma guys obviously getting picked uh ty chandler the running back out of uh north carolina not a bad pick in round five, but they got Delvin Cook, but they do need some uh, depth behind him as he is an injury risk now and again. I mean, all in all, it was the top of the draft I think was pretty good. I think the depth of it maybe not be up to snuff, but I, I'll give them a B because I like the two, fifths, two first picks a lot. The Patriots. We're not going to get to any MLB today, are we? Um. We've already talked a lot about this. I, listen, the Patriots have made some very, very interesting picks. Uh, Strange, who, again, they like. And if, if you like a guy that much, you can move up and get him, I guess. It's, I'm just not sure I buy Belichick's whole rationale here about why he took, took him when he did. I'm not a big fan of, of the Thornton pick uh, when there were some other better uh, picks still on the draft. I was on the board. I was really hoping to get John Meachie here, but he went six picks before this. Uh, Marcus Jones does carry uh, some some athleticism, but at cornerback 5'8", it's going to be a detriment to him uh, playing on defense. So it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize him on defensive, but he'll, he'll probably be a return guy, and and uh, he can provide some, some, uh, some value there. Um, and I don't like – listen, they did sign, by the way, Derek uh, King, quarterback out of uh, Miami, as an undrafted free agent with the thought they're going to move him to wide receiver. So that will be an interesting uh, situation to watch as well. And Brian Osamu, 
is a solid player. He went, I believe, I think to the, uh, what did he go to, Minnesota? Yeah. Moving on. I got to move through this pretty quickly. I got to get a couple of baseball things out. The Saints, you know, I listen, I don't know what the Saints are thinking. I don't think this is a great draft for them. They move up to get Chris Olave, who they I think they could have got at the pick they were at. Uh, Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa at 19, was a good pick. Alante Taylor, I liked. I, I had him. I had him slotted as, as a potential Patriot uh, pick. He went in, in round two, though, much sooner than I thought. Think the Patriots were looking at him. Uh, but other than that, I just don't think it was a very good draft for the for the Saints, who are not as close as what I think they think they are. The Giants, again, we talked a little bit about this, and I think the Giants did a really good job, especially at the top of the draft. It's going to matter. You know, they did pick uh, Wandale uh, Robinson out of Kentucky at wide receiver with the thought that they are probably going to be moving on from, from Tony. We'll see what happens there. Um, they were putting him on the block uh, before the before the uh, before the draft, and this will be a big loss to have used a number one pick on him, and then maybe get a third or fourth rounder for him is not going to be a good situation. The Jets, we've already talked about. Listen, they get their shutdown corner, they get their pass rusher, they get the number one wide receiver in the draft, and they get Brees Hall. Thank you, uh, Alan. Um, all in their first four picks all in the first two rounds, and I think they did a great job. Nice job picking up uh, Jeremy Ruckert, uh, tight end of Ohio State as well, in round three. And then you got some uh, uh, an offensive lineman and, a, and an edge rusher, Clemens, out of uh, Texas A&M. This is, to me, an A-plus draft for the Jets. I think the big Jets are the big winners here. The Eagles are going to be winners because they get Brown in the trade to, to – to, uh, to pair with uh, Devontae Smith, so a very good move there. Getting Jordan Davis um, out of Georgia at number 13, nice pick there. Uh, I like Cam Jurgens out of Nebraska. They get N'Kobe Dean in, in the third round, um, who, by the way, was graded out as, as the best player in that Georgia defense in a lot of places. Now, he is smallish. Um, and he slid into the draft a lot, uh, a great deal because of some injuries, and he may even redshirt an entire season, which was news to me. I did not read a lot about that before the draft. The Steelers, you know, I can't give them better than a B. I mean, they got their quarterback. Um, I'm not sold on Pickett being a, a, a franchise quarterback, but it was a no-brainer. They had to take him here. He's a Pittsburgh kid. He played his games in Three Rivers. He or not three rivers, but Heinz uh, Field uh, used the same practice facility. The guy I really like is George Pickens out of Georgia. Um, so I think that's going to certainly help them, and I, I would certainly see uh, Pickett probably competing with Trubisky out of training camp. But I think Trubisky will get the uh, get the nod there. The Eagles got OU quarterback as an undrafted free agent, Kennedy Brooks. Listen, I think the Eagles are really gearing up. I, I, Hertz is the guy that's going to hold them back. The 49ers, I like their, I like their uh, first pick, edge, uh, edge rusher uh, Drake Jackson out of USC, another guy I thought the Patriots would have their eye on and fell through their fingers. Uh, I like the pick of Danny Gray out of SMU. Um, I do like the running back, Tyrone Davis-Smith out of LSU. 
Other than that, I don't see a ton of, uh, and they did get Mr. Irrelevant. I know, uh, I think Alan had mentioned this to me in some messages of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's not going to be an NFL quarterback. I doubt he'll even be a backup in this league. Um, and the fact that he was Mr. Irrelevant probably speaks to that. The Seattle, I think Seattle didn't do a bad job. Certainly a great pick would cross, I think, at offensive tackle uh, at nine. I like uh, 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 Maffey out of uh, Minnesota, the edge rusher there. They get Kenneth Walker the third out of Michigan State. Probably the best runner available, I think, uh, uh, running back available. Um, and I think it's a good fit for the uh, for what Seattle likes to do on offense. Um, and then they draft some some defensive help uh, later on in Kobe Bryant. Not that Kobe Bryant, it's spelled with a C. Out of Cincinnati, uh, Tariq Woolen out of uh, UTF, UTSA. And, uh, you know, overall, not a bad draft. Tampa Bay are la- – oh, we still got the Titans. We got to move through here. Tampa Bay, I'm not terribly excited about what they did. I'm sure they are, but I don't really have any comments to make about their picks. And then the Titans, you know, again, they're worse than what they were when they started the draft because of the trade to Brown. Now, Burks is a good pick. Roger McCurry out of Auburn, the cornerback, is a good pick. They get Malik Willis in the third round. You know, again, I've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, this before when I was mixing up my teams. But, again, I don't see him supplanting Tannehill now, but Tannehill's not going to be leading this team to any Super Bowls anytime soon. And then the uh, the the uh, Redskins, team formerly known as the Redskins. They, a lot of people have them with a, with a C. I, I'm going to give them a B. I love Jahan Watson at uh, – Dahan Dotson out of Penn State. Um, I think he's a really good quality pick at 16. Um, Brian Robinson Jr., the running back out of Alabama, I think will will help this team. Uh, Sam Howell, I think was a was a maybe a steal at 144. I think Sam Howell will have a, a, a place in this league. It may only be as a backup or a journeyman, but I do think we'll see him, and we could see him playing for this Washington team sooner than later but that that kind of wraps that up i want to i want to spend a couple of minutes only because i didn't get a chance to talk about it we're not going to dive into our april winners and losers but i had a few news and notes on major league baseball i wanted to chat about uh that's the nba well let's talk first about trevor trevor bauer trevor bauer suspended for two years um that starts now, by the way, because he's been on basically administrative leave and getting paid. So his suspension starts now. His contract will be up. He gets no money. Trevor Bauer will never play in this league again. I've said that forever, and I'm going to continue to say it here. I do not see this happening uh, going forward. Um, the Mets. Combine, uh, I think five pitchers combined on a no hitter last night. Are we ever going to see a no hitter uh, by <laughs> how many no hitters are we going to see by single guys going forward the way this game is played today? I just don't think there's going to be that many that are played. Um, and pitchers are going to be given that much of a chance going forward. We did see some last year, obviously. Um, but even this year, and again, I understand in, in April. Um, 
we're still really, it was probably the middle of April, maybe even near the end where we, was, we're, we theoretically still would have been playing spring training games. Um, you know, if you, if you extrapolate the calendar out. So I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know if that's, you know, a good thing, a bad thing. I just don't know anymore about Major League Baseball. Um, any other news I wanted to talk about here? Bauer, Clevenger. Let's talk a little bit about the – we'll look at the standings quick. I'm not going to have time to go through everything. I did want to talk about a couple of uh, interesting um, developments early in the season here. If I can get to the standings, and we got up just about uh, seven minutes to talk about this, maybe six. The Yankees leading the East uh, at 15 and eight. The Blue Jays right behind him, though, game and a half. Yankees have surprised a little bit. Still winning games with home runs, though. Still scoring runs with home runs. So I, I worry a little bit about that. A lot of men left on base. But again, when you're getting a lot of men on base, you're going to leave more out. The pitching staff, Severino stays healthy as he has so far. He starts today as they go for 10 in a row. I'm sorry, nine in a row. Um, it, if he stays healthy, it, it, it certainly lends a, a, a bit of help to the Yankees. Garrett Cole is, is Garrett Cole again. The last couple of starts have been outstanding. Um, the Red Sox are the big interesting surprise here as they are not playing well at 9-13. and 13. The Twins. My surprise pick to make the playoffs in the in the uh, American League, twelve and nine, and leading the Central Division. Let's not fi- forget this. Brian Buxton looks like he might be staying healthy. Uh, Carlos Correa is contributing, not quite hitting as well as he'd probably like to, but interesting the way he's been able to do that. Um, in the West, the Angels, another team I had making the playoffs, and a little bit of a surprise, fourteen and eight. And leading the division by two and a half games. Seattle's right there, 11 and 10. Houston, 11 and 10. The Athletics, surprisingly, hanging around 500. And I don't know what to tell you, Alan, but I warned you. Your, your Rangers off to one of the worst starts in baseball at 7 and 14. Pitching matters in this league, guys. In the National League, the Mets, the Buck, the Buck, uh, the Buck effect has just been been awesome. The culture change there, the way they approach the game has just been tremendous. Uh, they've had a pretty, they've only been six and four in their last ten, but they're fifteen and seven overall. I think tied for the best record in baseball. Uh, the surprising Marlins at twelve and eight, right behind the Mets, though. Donnie Baseball's got this team playing well, won seven in a row. The Phillies, again, 500. I have them making the playoffs, but, you know, their their defense is just not good, and they're going to have to outscore a lot of teams. Um, the Braves, just like last year, off to a slow start. Uh, they do have a Kuna back now, so let's see what they can do with, with uh, their lineup more intact. And the Nationals, one of the worst teams in baseball. Milwaukee finally starting to right the ship. Won five in a row now, eight of the last 10. They're 15 and seven. My pick to go to the World Series, and I believe I had them winning the World Series um, this year. And uh, the Cardinals, a bit of a surprise. They've fallen back a little bit recently, going four and six, but they're 11 and nine overall. The rest of the division is just not any good. And the Cincinnati Reds, I said, could be historically bad. 
and they're off to a start that certainly lends to that three and 18 through April. Out West, more of the same as last year, the Giants and Dodgers battling it out, and the Padres right there uh, playing better than I thought they would play, uh, all at uh, 14 and 7, 14 and 8, 13 and 7. They're, you know, they're, winning a, they're all within a half a game of each other. And the surprising uh, dime, uh, car, Rockies um, are 4 and 6 in their last 10. They've fallen back to to 12 and 9, but still have a bit of a surprise so far. And the Diamondbacks playing better than I thought they would, only a couple games under 500. Um, a couple other notes. Clayton Kershaw passes Don Sutton on the Dodgers' all-time strikeout list, so congratulations to him. Um, we'll talk about the baseball. The home run drought, to me, is 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 a couple of things that are affecting it. It's the weather. It's the lack of spring training. Uh, is there something wrong with the ball? I don't know, but we're, we'll dive into this topic a little bit more going forward, but it, I, I don't know why it's such a horrible thing that we aren't going to have, you know, eight guys hitting 40 home runs, 10 guys hitting 40 home runs, 40, 50 guys hitting 30 home runs. Why is that a bad thing? And also it could be the approach is starting to change too. Or maybe ought to start striking out so much. I don't know. Anyway, a lot of things we'll talk about going forward. Um, but I want to point out a couple of quick things. We spent a lot of time on the NFL and the NHL today, which we needed to do. Next week will be much heavier into baseball. The following weeks will be much heavier into baseball, and we'll talk more about it. So I hope you guys will join us next week for the Stream of Consciousness. I thank you guys all for your participation, as always, today. Kenny and Rick and Alan and Carlos and anybody else who may have contributed that I missed, I apologize. And all of you have watched this and will watch us later on. Listen, tune in Wednesday for the college sports huddle as we continue to dive into the world of college sports. Also, this show will be on every Sunday at 9 a.m. And you can watch all my shows on Roku in tape delay. Um, this show will be on at noon today. Uh, the Sunday stream, at, I'm sorry, the uh, college sports huddle airs Thursdays on Roku at 12. And the uh, Sunday Are You Serious show airs on Fridays at 12. And then you can catch all my vlogs on demand there as well. Interesting vlog last week. Yeah, check that out. I went into uh, a little bit of a tirade about the NIL and how some players are now starting to hold schools hostages for more money. Anyway, great to have you guys. Have a great Sunday. It's a beautiful day. T-Tangle for TGI Sports Talk. Have an awesome day. Talk to you soon.